There's always something hot happening in South Florida. Talk now with Brian Mudd on News Radio 610 WIOD. It is 11:20. Welcome back. We got Natalie Rodriguez with a trending story. Hey, Natalie. Hey there, Brian. Well, the world's largest retailer and streaming service uh, is joining forces to open a new online store, Walmart, launching what it's calling the biggest online retail destination for Netflix products in the U.S. Examples include a Stranger Things music collection and Squid Game apparel, which, parents, if you're listening, Christmas and Hanukkah is right around the corner. It's going to be a... It's going to be a tough get. This Did you season. say Squid? Squid Game. It's a popular show. It's like number one rated show on Netflix right now. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, all right. Maybe the wife's watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Dare I ask what this number one show that I'm oblivious to is about? <laughs> I'm guessing it's not a squid. I <laughs> uh, know. It's, um, it's a Korean uh, limited uh, series. And uh, if you can handle a little uh, violence and... A little, you know, thought-provoking television, then definitely watch it. If it's a Korean thing, my wife's probably on it. Yeah. She was doing the Korean thing before the Korean thing was cool. It got so bad uh, that she was like, I can't get recommendations that aren't Korean anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she only happens to sit there trying to wade through things and go into my profile and watch stuff. Yeah, I actually binged watched it uh, over the past weekend, and I went in with zero expectations or low expectations, I should say, and yeah. I was... Pleasantly surprised, mind blown with the ending. Highly recommend it. I can't speak to the squid show that's not about squid, but um, what, what she was telling me about a lot of the other Korean shows, she said there's a wholesome element to it to where, you know, you don't have all the woke culture kind of stuff. And she said just a lot of their series, their TV series, and that kind of thing, um, were, you know, kind of takes you back to before all this nonsense here. And the storylines were good. The acting, in some cases, hadn't missed, but nevertheless. Anyway, yeah, this is right. thought provoking for sure, but just on on a different level. All right, how young <laughs> should we go? You know, we had the news that one Miami area doctor actually submitting their one year old for a vaccine experiment for a study. One year old, a lot of parents appear to be pretty nervous about not going that young, certainly, but even those between the ages of five and eleven. Of course, we're Right now in that window, you have Pfizer's petition to try to allow for the FDA approval of vaccinations as young as five. What are parents saying? Lisa Miller joining us once again to talk about this with LWM Associates, lwm-associates.com, the website. All right, Lisa, what are we seeing here? Well, good morning, Brian, and thanks for having me back. Um, basically, on this um, vaccination, the, the key insight that we're seeing is that the younger the child is, the higher the parent's hesitancy to actually get the vaccine. So when you look at um, parents of children you know, under 11 years old, it's basically 45 to 46% of them have not, the parents themselves have not gotten vaccinated. And a lot of it's either due to I just don't want to do it or I'm waiting for more testing. So you bring up a good point, and that is often the views of a parent would be reflected in the decisions among, you know, their their kids. Uh, but, uh, you know, but above and beyond that, you know, when you get younger, there have been these different considerations. You know, obviously, there have been a lot of concerns about, uh, you know, young women for example, and fertility concerns that have persisted throughout the course of, of vaccinations and, and, you know, and 
a lot of the, well, we don't know what the long-term implications might be. Are we seeing that as we go younger, there are greater concerns? Yeah, I do think it is it is that unknown about the side effects. And just one of the interesting facts is over the course, as you know, I've been tracking this since March of last year, but in general, women and particularly moms have just been more anxious than dads in general for a lot of reasons. But then as it relates to vaccine hesitancy for themselves, as recently as just about six weeks ago, moms were two times more likely to say no thanks to the vaccine versus dads. The good news, and again, politics aside, but, you know, that that anxiousness has settled down a little bit among moms, but it's still pronounced. Lisa, one of the things I was wondering, you know, we're we're starting to see it, you know, it's interesting because on one hand, you have the vaccine companies, so you have your Pfizer, your Moderna, your J&J. They have every business reason in the world to say, our vaccine is really, really good, but only for the short window of time because they want to sell boosters. They don't make money by having a one-and-done vaccine um, you know, in perpetuity. So as you have these, these companies that are submitting their research that say you really need to get boosters, it undermines to a certain extent those that already had some hesitancy. Are you seeing a connection between the advent of boosters and the petitioning by Moderna for their still and what the views are among those that were already hesitant. Well, what's interesting is uh, I have a study going out this weekend, so I'm going to actually ask that question about the third booster. Um, So I don't have that data yet. But what I can tell you what's interesting is what I've seen across this pandemic is that the more you kind of push maybe, you know, call it the fear of not taking the vaccine, the people that are hesitant are become more anxious so it's almost like um, we should be flipping that message a little bit, which is happy, joyful living, not scary, you know, sad to take the vaccine. So it's just a really interesting thing. The more we push fear, the more fearful the anxious people get. Well, and to that end, Lisa, when, you know, here we are with the advent of mandates and every day you hear about another big organization that's terminating people that are unvaccinated. And, you know, who knows if you know the Biden OSHA rule is going to come down sometime soon or not. It would sound like based upon the psychology, uh, you know, what you're finding here, the mandate is, if anything, is a way to get people to dig their heels in against it. Yeah, what's interesting is a separate topic is that I did look at the data, the same data by part-time and full-time workers that are unvaccinated. And so among part-time workers that are currently unvaccinated, about 68% of them said they'd rather lose their job than get vaccinated. And for the full-time workers, it was about 52%. So there's a lot. The people that are unvaccinated, you know, with uh, people working from home and, you know, we've, we've seen how the economy, people have opted out, you know, to go back to work. So I would imagine that those that have the means or have the opportunity to find other jobs, they may actually just choose to get another job if they're able to get one. That is great information. Really appreciate it, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Lisa Miller with LWM Associates. LWM-Associates.com is her website. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. And I think a lot of people that already, you know, we all have our stresses and work, but people that already weren't thrilled with their job or, you know, had questions about their companies, the mandates just make them hate their company and lose respect for people. Here we sit. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Broward School Board member Lori Elhadef.
on the Bright Light Show. It's Radio 610 WIOD.